Welcome to the Celtics Rewind. I'm JP. And I am Matthew GM. What's up, y'all? What's up? This is another edition. This is episode six of the Celtics Rewind, talking all things Boston Celtics. I'm JP, the franchise. I got my co-host, one of the dope Boston content creators, Nat the GM. What's up, Nat? How you doing? It's going good, man. We still number one. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm kind of upset a little bit about the meme that's been going out there with myself from uh, me having a meltdown against Charlotte, though, but we'll get into that in just, in just a moment. But we actually have a guest on for the Celtics we want, and I'll tell you what, this guy right here, one of the hardest vocals like, I've seen, his YouTube content, uh, Gifted Hoops, just great great channel y'all need to check it out on youtube he be covering all the teams he gives really great analysis he be doing film spaces he's a golden state warriors fan i still haven't forgave him in 2022 we have him gifted what's up gifted how you doing what's good everybody uh as justin said first off i want to say i appreciate being here on the pod this is gonna be a very fun experience but yes i cover content for pretty much the league as a whole so it's a lot a lot of hoops that we be trying to watch every now and then but appreciate Absolutely. all of y'all support and honestly nat knows this i'm very excited to talk about boston this year um a team i was super high on so down bro let's get into it yeah so let's go ahead and get into it though so boston celtics had a two and two record this week they lost the game to charlotte and to the Orlando magic but they won um, against the Milwaukee Bucks, which is the game everybody was expecting, and against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the loss to Charlotte. Um, so, you know, Gifted, uh, since you are a guest, please give us your takeaways from this Boston Celtics loss to Charlotte because they had the league and everything, and unfortunately, Charlotte just came back in LaMelo Ball in his Puma shoes. I don't know what Puma shoes he had on, but he... Ball it out against us. So uh, what's your takeaways um, from the Boston Celtics against the Magic? Well, I got to say that for the Boston Celtics overall in this stretch, they have had moments where they look great, but they've also had moments that are eerily similar to last year in terms of their offense stagnating at the wrong times and also guys not fully taking advantage of the five-out set. Uh, specifically in the Hornets game, that was a crazy game. Uh, Ball really performed at a super-duper high level, and Tatum was really matching him for a lot of that game. I just feel like the execution down the stretch at times was kind of questionable. Some extra passes could have been made. There's one pass that I think was made to Peyton Pritchard. He was wide open. Great shots, and that's really what I look at. Like These wins obviously matter for sure. But the processing of, are we creating open shots? Are we taking quality shots when it matters most? That is the most transferable thing that you can take from these games. I think they've had their fair share of doing that and also not doing that. 
I agree with you, uh, Nat. Please take it away because, uh, like, we don't want to feel like the last season's team when, like, we have these big leads and then, unfortunately, we keep playing without food, blowing these leads, unfortunately. Um, go ahead. Give us your takeaways from this game because that was just I, – I can't believe we lost that game. Uh, so that game I laughed, honestly. I didn't – I was just like, okay. And I, I turned it off. Like, I, I just turned it off. I was like, I don't know. It was over. Um, <laughs> you know, teams, good or bad, they create habits, you know, from the start of the season. There are habits that are created. So there are some good habits that Boston has made, and then there are some terrible habits that they have made. You know, and one of the main uh, bad habits is blowing uh, leads. You know, they let people back in in games, um, which was a problem, you know, the previous couple of seasons. They let people back in. And what you got to remember, you know, and, I, and I, I say this, right, but then I'm like, ah, but I'm trying to be a little bit tempered with what I'm saying and just like chill out because there was teams that they were playing Washington they blew them out and they made sure they didn't come back. You know, Indiana, they never came back. They never had an opportunity to come back. There are games where when they have a lead, the lead is gone. They 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 are they keep pushing it. And then there's games like this. So the reason why I'm not getting so low on it is because this is still the NBA. You can lose on any given night, you know, and there's a lot of teams like Charlotte, you know, they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. They're going to play how they play. You are going for a championship. They're going just to get just to get some guys, you know, some some development, you know, and, and make sure Lamelo develops. And you know, then they got some, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, Bridges? I think it's his name or whatever. Miles Bridges. Yeah. Miles Bridges. Yes. He's back, you know, and he, and they're getting him acclimated. They're trying to see what they have, but they have nothing to lose. So therefore, they have everything to gain. So they're going to go out, they're going to play their hardest, and that's what you get. There's, that's going to happen to teams, you know? Milwaukee just struggled beating Portland. Portland is a terrible team, and they it, they were getting blown out, and they had to make the craziest comeback. Dirty ball. Portland versus Portland. Like, it, it's just going to happen, you know? Like, you know, so I don't want to make it seem like Boston, you know, they lose to Charlotte. Oh, my God. You know, they like there's no way they can win the championship. But they do have to remember that they have to make sure that when they have a lead, put the teams away that you're supposed to put away. You yes. know, so that's what I saw from, from the Charlotte game. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a little upset about the game. My YouTube videos out there um, mm -hmm. talking yes. about the Hornets and I became a meme the next day and everybody enjoyed themselves. So uh, hopefully y'all enjoyed that YouTube video that's out there. It's just JP's my YouTube channel. Um, I stress out. I was stressed out, Jason Tatum. I was so mad at Jason Tatum because of one reason, one reason only. He hit the shot, then he became Otto Porter Jr. and just walked, ball watched and the dude blew past him and made the layup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, mm -hmm. I was like, Jason, you are not Otto Porter Jr., okay? Like, come on now. But Anyways, give credit to, uh, to the Charlotte Hornets, though. But I, I guess the reason why is they was focusing on the next team 
which is the Milwaukee Bucks. Everybody's been talking about this, James. Oh, my God, Drew Holiday's uh, coming in against his former team. Oh, my God. Like, you know, it's just it's this game that everybody was pissed in. And Boston just, it just looked like from start to finish, they didn't prepare if the Bucks were in the league. Like, they basically demolished, even though the score doesn't say it, they demolished the Bucks, unfortunately, from start to finish, though. So, get the what's your takeaways? Uh, seeing the Boston Celtics recover from the loss to Charlotte and going up against the Bucks and getting that victory. Yeah, it shouldn't surprise people. Uh, Boston, for years to me, has been a team that at times can play down to competition. But mm-hmm. against like the really good teams, they wake up for those games, they play super hard, and mm-hmm. they set the tone really well. I love what you said, too. The final box score might look close, but Boston was really dominating. Yep. I'm pretty sure at one point they were up nearly 20. Oh, yeah. like, in the fourth quarter specifically, Boston just kept getting very good shots, very good ball movement. Porzingis continues to be a marvel for this team on both ends of the basketball floor, especially offensively, the way he just floats around and finds open threes. And also, like, Tatum's defense was very good. I liked how in the fourth quarter he literally blew up a lot of play between Dame and Giannis. Like that type of effort level from Boston is something that you really want to see because yeah. that's the team that people believe can go to the finals and have a lot of success. We saw yeah. that. Also, Chris Middleton looks cooked. Dirty. Hate to say it. Yeah. Hate to say it. Yeah. Chris looks kind of cooked. I got it. With all due respect, Chris Middleton looks kind of washed a little bit. And it's still early, you know what I'm saying? He he came into the season not all the way healthy, so I do get that. But Boston just showed exactly everything that they could do. Drew Holiday's defense with Porzingis just shows how much of a different Boston team this is. I trust their defense to be real. I think that is arguably the best defense, if not a top-five defense, when it comes out to the playoffs as well. There's so much versatility that you guys have with all those lineups, but the way that they locked in when it mattered, was the biggest takeaway for me when I watched this game. All right. Hey, great, great points right there, Nat. Uh, go ahead and uh, take it away right there. Um, your thoughts on the win against the Bucks? So the Bucks traded the wrong player. Chris Middleton is the reason why they weren't playing well. To give that to Drew Holiday was insane to me. I'm like, you mad? Drew Holiday was never supposed to be second in command. He was never supposed to be that. So you like putting that blame on him. It was ridiculous because he is your third, fourth, fifth option on a really good team championship team. That's common sense. So they gave all their hate and anger to Drew Holiday because he couldn't dig them out of a hole that Giannis couldn't dig them out of a hole. But then Chris Middleton couldn't dig them out of a hole. But then Brooke Lopez couldn't dig them out of a hole. So Drew Holiday got the blame. It, so it was ridiculous. Um, Chris Middleton is absolutely good. He's going to have moments where he looks okay, right? But as it goes, and you can look, look at Clay. Clay doesn't look nearly the same as he did, you know, three years ago, you know? And even right now, I would take Clay over Chris Middleton. <laughs> Give me Clay. Um, but when it comes to Chris, he's lost not a step couple of steps like he people are getting by him his defense was something that you could depend on and now you can't you can't depend on that defense anymore so now if you look milwaukee is a bottom five defense what bottom five defense is winning championships 
there isn't one. So that's the reason that tells the story right there of why I'm not shocked by that Boston win, you know, because Boston is going to be a top five defense. They are going to be great defensively. They're going to be better than they were last year. Why? Because Chris stops gives them a different look than they've had in the past. You, It's hard to shoot over him. He is a guy that does not mind coming out to the perimeter and he loves blocking shots. He's actually really good with his timing, blocking shots, but he bothers your shot. And that's just as good as a damn block. If he bothers you and he makes you think, and maybe, maybe I'll dribble back out and you take more time off. Now you're questioning yourself. And before you know it, you're taking an ill-advised shot and it's going back the other way. This defense is good. This defense is for real. You know, Giannis is not going to be able to beat Boston by himself. And Dame, he can't guard a parked car and he's not going to try. It does not matter. He's not going to try either. He's going to, he's going to, you know, put his hands up, move them to the side. He's going to do all the, the theatrics and he's not stopping shit. So he's going to have good offensive games, but defensively, you're going to get what you want. You know, uh, you're just going to get what you want. Offensively, you're going to get what you want, you know, when you play them. There's nothing that they can do. Also, big teller of that game, you trust Brooke Lopez to get 20-plus points. Bro, he is fucking bad. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, that was a lot from Brooke right there. When I saw that, I said, oh, damn, Boston in five. I said, okay. <laughs> look at Brooke Lopez. Was he 35? Is he, if you're going to look at him and say, yo, take us home, get us that 20. Oh, man, I can't wait. Like, May can't get here quick enough because you're not going to win like that. Brooke Lopez is not that guy anymore. He's going to have spurs. But if you're leaning on him like that, oh, man, it's a long if you. And also, Drew Holiday, he didn't play well offensively, but I love the fact that he didn't try to force it. He didn't try to say, man, you gave me up. Let me get 25. That was another telling thing, too, was because he said, I'm just going to play a A plus defense, and he did. So he knows what his role is on this team, and that spells trouble for Milwaukee. So... That was um that was a very telling game for for both teams. That was a statement win. Give a huge shout out to Peyton Pritchard. He must have listened to your rant nat about him being the issue for the Celtics and just the past four games. Even like against Charlotte, he had his best game and it was wasted with a loss. And then against the Bucks, he did really well off the bench. So yeah. Peyton Pritchard. I was like, yes, finally, Peyton, finally, finally, you're buying in. You're finally buying in. So, but um, great statement win by the Boston Celtics and then heading over to Orlando where they face a team that they could not beat last year, unfortunately, even though it was close, but they just could not beat them, unfortunately, and that's the Orlando Magic. Mm -hmm. And going into that game, you would be thinking that Boston Probably going to have a, it's going to be tough for Boston, but it's going to be a close game. And then, unfortunately, Mickey Mouse and others in Orlando just had other thoughts about it. And they just decimated Boston Celtics 113 to 96. So, uh, gifted. Um, I know, uh, you said that, like, that, that, ma how dangerous is this magic team? Like, like, how dangerous are they to the Celtics in the East? So, I find this funny because. All summer long, basically, I did like a podcast with uh, basically a focus on each individual team. And 
I got to the Magic, and I'm like, okay, let's look at their roster and what this team really is. They're still a super young team. But I said coming in, the question is not going to be their defense. Their defense is going to probably be like a top five defense. They're going to be one of those like odd teams that are just so physical with length that bothered teams. Their offense is going to be the question of how far they go. And I think so far that that's held true, but Orlando has been a problem defensively. The things that you're seeing Franz, Paolo, uh, earlier in the year do have just been really, really good. And it's bothered many, 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 many teams. I'm pretty sure right now Orlando is a top three defense, right? I think so. I think so, yeah. I mean, they've been good. Jalen Suggs is a player that we weren't sure what was going to happen with all of the guards on this team. He's starting to carve out a role for himself. Anthony Black, young player, but again, size, length, 6'8". Like, they just have so many trees on their roster. And they're doing a lot of this right now without a fully healthy uh, squad. They've had guys out. Wendell Carter has not been there for the game so far where they need him to be, but they're still finding ways to win. And matchup-wise, this is a team that has given Boston problems before in the past as well. So seeing them win isn't that much of a – surprises as people would think we have to get out of this mode where these young teams suck now every team can be super competitive and not you in the nba especially a magic team that is committing to the defensive end first and foremost that is where their identity is and they're playing hard with that at the start of this regular season the great points right there uh mo ragnall those problem Bro's a problem off the bench for the Magic. Now, yeah. what did you see from the Celtics that kind of bothered you against Orlando, just seeing them getting decimated like that, especially like uh, in that second half where they just couldn't really do anything? Not a damn thing. It's the, I didn't expect them to win this damn game, honestly. It's a super athletic team. Boston does not do well with super athletic teams. I knew this was an L before they, they got in here, honestly. Because them guys was gonna like really get after it. It, it this Orlando team, like Orlando has been secretly one of my favorite teams to watch for years, you know. Uh going back to the days of Vucevic, you know, like and Aaron Gordon, and even going further back to Dwight Howard. I just always look at what it, Orlando was doing because I know that they're coming. I know that they're getting better. I know that they're doing things that they now you're going to have to see them in the playoffs. And I think they're going to be there this year. You know, I think that I'm going to say that they're going to get in the play in. I think they can get an eighth seed. You know, I think they got too much talent on that team. It's just too much. You have your your stars. You have your guys. You have this. You have that. You can. You now you guys are going to start winning games. You know. And a lot of time it's about it's sheer athleticism. They also have a plethora of guards. They have so many. They got so many guards. Yeah. And they're good guards. They're not guys that just take up space. They're guys that they can come in and give you 12 to 15 points. You know, um, big fan of, of the Wagners. You know, I just like those guys in general. You know, Moe is underrated to me because I think that, you know, when he was in Washington, he necessarily didn't get, um, you know, he moved around a little bit. He didn't get consistent consistent minutes and everything like that. Young Big, he's still learning. He's still developing. But he is he's a guy that he can either be the sixth man, you know, where you can rely on him off the bench. 
Or he's a guy that on the right team, he can start because of the players around him. It, it's it, it's just the way he's going with his development. He's very good, you know. So when it comes to this Orlando team, I was not shocked. I don't know why other people were shocked. Like, you're going to, you can't win. You're not going to win them all. You know, it's just not, it's just not the case, you know. Um, What Boston can take away from this, you struggle with athleticism. You are a very athletic team, but you struggle with other people that are athletic and push back. And that's who Orlando is. Maybe you should work on that and figure out, you know, how to slow these these teams down, you know, and, and maybe get them in the half court, you know, and, and play your game and start and stop trying to maybe maybe keep up with them. But you got to check that because you never know how that can bite you, because if you are the one seed and they are the eighth or you are the two and they are the seven, you're going to have to see them and they're going to have you running back and forth. Are you going to do the same shit in the playoffs and then find yourself? you know, in a seven-game series at game six and seven with an Orlando team in the first round? Like, are you going to really do that? They got to figure that out. So they got to figure out how to slow these young teams down that are inexperienced. That, I agree 100%. Um, of Magic and Boston, that's going to be a heck of a playoff series and all that. I can go back and forth if Boston can't, you know, you know, change and do their adjustments and stuff. And then there was no um, Drew Holiday this game due to an injury. Christoph Porzingis got hooked with his calf um, in the game. And then um, speaking of which, we're going to go over to, and that was the first loss of the in-season tournament. They still have a chance to still be in the in-season tournament. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Um tomorrow which we'll get into and let's go ahead and get into the last game shout out to hawks fan tv because he always driving the hawks propaganda so we have the celtics versus the hawks i just love when hawks fan tv just is quiet he just disappears and because boston uh defeated the hawks one thirteen you said what like most atlanta fans <laughs> there's one there's one that will take the heat there's one that can take the heat but most of them no not really they just kind of just fly off you know so but uh definitely uh no uh pausing is this game due a calf injury uh no drew holiday too as well so we got a chance to see banton starting and also the man himself the legendary al Horford though um so uh gifted uh what are your thoughts and takeaways seeing boston's uh, win against the Atlanta Hawks, and then talk about that nasty dunk on Jay with Jalen Brown on Click Hella. Oh my God, that was nasty. Well, first off, Jalen Brown had a better game than last game. Um, he did not go one for fourteen in the second half versus the Hawks like he did versus the Magic, so that was very uh crucial for Boston having some success. I think that a lot of Boston's players played with a bit more poise and control in the second half of that game. It was more of an up-and-down game. Atlanta got some things going offensively, which is good, but Boston reacted and knew exactly how to respond when it mattered to close out the game. I still say that, like, the versatility of what guys can do on this roster on any given night, however, could come in, hit big shots. Derek White is the guy who can still ball handle and take the pressure off of Tatum. Tatum, with trying to be more physical, trying to get to the basket more, that it really unlocks a lot of aspects for this team. When Jalen Brown stays out of his own head and says, okay, I'm going to play in this off-ball role. I'm going to catch the ball. I'm going to go. I'm going to soar in transition. I'm not going to make things hard for myself. He plays like a much better player. So great bounce back game for Jalen Brown because, man, 
versus the Magic, it was looking very, very rough out there sometimes. Mm. Mm. Nat, you go ahead and uh, what's your takeaways from this win, Hill? Um, yeah, Jalen playing playing better. He typically plays all okay versus Atlanta. Um, just something like Atlanta plays that you know Jalen plays all right. Um, but this is a this is another game where I'm like, yeah, they should have won this. You know, they play well against Trey. Uh, Trey. You know, although I love Trey Young and and everything, it's just that Atlanta team just doesn't make a lot of sense right now. You know, they got just got some stuff that they they're trying to figure out and they're trying to you know get get to what they're trying to do. So, you know, is the whole Trey Young and Dejounte Murray thing gonna work? You know, do they have to ship out some pieces? You know, or whatever. It, you know, they just kind of all over the place. So I looked at Boston like, yeah, you should win this game. So, um, yeah, that's really how I looked at, at that game. I, was, I looked, I had them going two and two last week. And um, they won the games I thought they were going to win. I definitely feel you on that one. What do you think about, what y'all think about uh, Boston's, like, third quarter struggles? It just seems like in the first half, they played really well. Like, first quarter, they'd be jumping out the gate. And then, you know, they might put up, like, 60, 70 points in the half. And then in the third quarter, it just seems like a completely different team than the first half. So what y'all think about them and their third quarter struggles? Uh Jump, jump shots and three pointers. Absolutely, and that's really what it is. Like you, the issue. This is and this is one of the issues that I had with specifically Jason Tatum. Uh, the last few years, he gets himself going by threes and jump shots. Where if he just reversed it and said, "I'm going to go in and get and create contact," he'd be a much better player. He'd be so much better, and and he's done a lot of that this year, which is why. You know, he's at 62% true shooting. He's at 50% from the field. He's at 30% from, uh, 37% from three. And then um, I think his, his uh, free throws dropped like 8% though. You know, so that's something that has to be addressed as well. But there's a difference there because before he was in like the 50s with true shooting and now he's in the 60s. So you're doing something better. And that's because you're posting up more and you're in the, and you, you get hit in your mid range. Boston as a team though, they start shooting threes immediately, you know, so third quarter comes in three, 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 you know, and then ill-advised jump shot. Then you, you're, it's a two on one, you're going at the two and then it's a turnover, you know, it's just, it's just a bad game plan of how to get themselves going. If they just dial it back and, and kind of do what you were doing in the first half, creating contact, taking good shots, they wouldn't have these third quarter woes. So that's what I see. If I'm highlighting the third quarter specifically, I actually have the stats pulled up to back with what I saw here. Yes, go ahead. Uh, Boston shot seven for 19 from the field. They shot two for 10. They had three assists. They had three turnovers. So watching the game is important, of course, but mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes when they see three-pointers, Boston can get into this mode where okay, we have good shots, and they just take them, and they kind of settle for the three instead of, like, really getting to, to the teeth of the defense and mm -hmm. making shots from that. Those types of shots compared to, I guess I'll take this shot, are, are different levels of shot quality, and the ball movement, like, not staying consistent in the in some of those third quarters mm -hmm. can be a problem, especially when the other team is scoring at a much 
better clip than you are specifically in that quarter. Tatum, yeah. 0 for 4, a lot of jumpers here and there. Yep. His consistency in terms of trying to get to the basket more and specifically get into the free throw line more helps mm-hmm. his game out a lot more Not compared to just, I'm going to take this off-balance leaning to or this long three-pointer. Just the confidence and the patience to say, guys, we're going to get a good shot. We can have threes literally every position. We're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. Let's let that come to us. But if we can create something else, let's try to go for that too. I think that'll help the third quarters be a lot better moving forward. Nice, nice. Some great points by y'all. Um, and yes, two and two record this week. And then now we got the upcoming games right here. Only two games this week. Um, because the NCC tournament's next week. Uh, so they got the Chicago Bulls tomorrow. And they have the Philadelphia 76ers on December the 1st. Obviously, everybody's pistol in for the Bulls tomorrow, you know. <laughs> but um, what's, what's y'all's expectations for Boston going up against Chicago, going up against Philadelphia? And do you see them coming out with a 2-0 and or 1-1 and or 0-2? What y'all see? Man, that Bulls game is a trap game, bro. They should beat the Bulls, and that's the problem with that, right? The Bulls are a team that on paper Boston should easily be able to beat almost every year, but the Bulls are another team that matches up well with Boston for whatever reason. So staying locked in and focused on that game ahead of the other game that everyone wants to see where it's Boston versus the 76ers, who, by the way, are up 20 points versus L.A. right now. That's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but... That's going to have to be what they focus on a lot if they want to have success. I know for a fact that Bulls game is a trap game. They haven't won that many games. There hasn't been as much success. But you don't want this team to really pounce on you. And for Boston, it can be primed in that direction. So staying focused, staying mentally prepared, and again, emphasizing the ball movement against the Bulls who don't have a great defensive personnel unit to really you know, stop that. It's crucial for Boston to win that game, I would say. Yeah. Um, I would say I would say when it comes to these next couple of games, the Chicago one is a trap, you know, because like I would I'm not sure if if, if KP is gonna be back, but I would love to see KP versus Gooch and see how and see how that, that plays out. That, that that could be, you know, fun. But um more so making sure, you know, um DeRozan doesn't really get going with that mid-range. DeRozan usually has good games versus Boston. He he, he gets 20 points. You know, um, and Zach Levine, you know, I think Boston's been pretty good versus Zach Levine, but just making sure that he just doesn't get off, you know, and uh, making sure Kobe White stays um, under control, you know, and it, it should be one of those games where, to be honest, whether KP plays or not, Boston should win by 10. You know, it, it still should be a double-digit win. As far as Philly, Philly, I know wants their get back because they lost to Boston with no KP, and I think their White was missing from that game, mm-hmm. so there was two starters missing from that game, and they Boston just had them as Boston is just going to have Philly. I just think that Boston is just the better team uh, still, but um, I think Philly's going to want to win that one, so we'll see how that plays out, you know. So, but I I I do have Boston winning both of those games coming up. All right. And um yeah, so yeah, I, I think Boston, I think it is a trap game for Chicago, uh for them against Chicago tomorrow. Um, but I think they can win that game and hopefully they can win against Philadelphia as this is gonna be 
uh, number three uh, this season already. This is crazy that yeah. they face each other within just one month, three times. So, um, so hopefully they can get uh, both wins though. But yeah, um, gift. I want to say we want to say thank you so much. Yeah, I got uh, a, to yeah, I got, I got a couple questions for for gifted though. I want to go like yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm present. I'm present. Yeah, I want to go another five. We were talking about touching on it. Um, when it comes to this Boston Celtics team, we talked about the addition of KP. If he would become a Boston Celtic months ago, you know, months ago, months ago, before he was even on the team, on the team, he rumors even be going to Boston. I remember right after the playoffs, and we was like, "Yo, Porzingis on this team would be," and yeah, then, you know, all of a sudden he gets traded there. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that. Now that it has actually happened, he's on this team, you know, and I'll go after you. What are what are the things that what is what are the things you see that are different from Christoph Porzingis now versus when he's on Washington, Dallas, and New York? What like how does he look in in Boston to you? Well, I think for me the biggest thing that I knew he could do, but I didn't think he would be doing this frequently, is pressuring the basket off a of rolling. Like most people just think that he's this guy that can just shoot and he can't really play super physical. But for Boston, in my opinion, he's been very physical. He's dove very hard. Even all preseason long, he was just rolling and dunking the basketball. He's mm-hmm. cutting a lot more. Like the all-guard movement from him has been way more active than it has been for his, for his uh, previous teams. But mm-hmm. then on top of that, the spacing and the connective passing you're seeing more of fits Boston very, very well. I've seen so many plays where KP is that guy that bails them out, where even if he's not scoring, he's such a good shooter, teams have to go guard him. He's attacking closeouts and forcing free throws. Even something like that where, sure, he might not shoot the ball, but he's getting to the free throw line. That break in the game can change the momentum to go back to Boston's way by getting to the free throw line. It's a huge skill that most you know, teams don't have players who could just do that. And even his ball handling in certain spots where he just catches and goes and then kicks in the flow of Boston's offense, it just fits in like a glove. And then defensively, he's been very, very good as well. Very disruptive presence with his length of blocking yep. shots. It's just been the perfect fit that we thought he would be before he was even rumored to go there. I couldn't agree more. We were talking about this maybe six, seven months ago. And, um, when it happened, we were just like, see, we were talking about this, you know. I have been screaming you know, the praises of Porzingis and how Porzingis needs to be on Boston for a few years. And I said, you know, they need each other. You know, um, Kristaps is you're not going to see what he can do unless he gets in a system like Boston. You know, um, he's a nice compliment and you can, and you can play through him um, very well. And even defensively, this dude has an edge that, people really didn't see before like he'll get in your face and you know he'll block your shot and get and then say yeah i told you you know like it's actually really nice you know there's no need to play nice you're not friends you know you're going after a championship you're not nobody's friend you know and i I like that attitude with him and he rubs people the wrong way and i like it because he's a competitor and i don't think people were able to see that with him and uh i think it's shining through right now he's played well offensively he's played very well defensively defensively is actually why i'm so excited about him being here he's given more defensively than i thought he he was going to you know um he moves his feet very well he blocks shots it's very timely with the block shots and um he plays well 
off of the guys. Um, I would hope that they play through KP a lot more than what they do because a lot of times when they blow leads, I guarantee you KP didn't touch that ball uh, one to three times. He probably didn't touch it more than that, and that's a problem. You know, so um, I, I would love to see KP uh, really, really, really um, get going and those guys look for him because he's getting open. A lot of times there's two guys on Jason Tatum. That means it leaves somebody open. And usually it is KP because he's moving and he's like, he has his hands up and he's like, yo, give me the ball, you know? Um, so with that being said, if it, what do you think are some things that you would like to see Boston do um, better? Um, with the with the core that they have, with the, with the with the big five that they have, remembering what five out is meant for. Mm-hmm. Five out is meant to where you have a fully spaced floor, so your ball handlers can play at times in isolation, but more importantly, you can swing the ball and any guy on the floor can make a shot, which means. You cannot pressure the rim at a better rate because guys can't help. Guys have to guard whoever is out there at the three-point line. But not playing five out to where it's like, okay, we want threes. No, like you're playing the five out to create the best look. If you're getting to the basket and they're helping because you scored two times off that same action, now you kick and now you shoot, right? Like those types of things compared to just falling in love with these jump shots over and over and over. But more importantly... I love your point about Porzingis because th- this is something that I do want to see Boston do more of. Cause I feel like sometimes he's just there and they're not putting him in enough actions. I feel like if you haven't scored on three straight possessions, how about you run a civil pick and roll, give him a post-up mismatch free throws, or he shoots over or he gets over to the basket. And you create something else out of that. Porzingis, to me, is the guy you throw in to where, okay, Brown and Tatum right now can't create those same looks from the perimeter. Here's a completely different option that almost Knights is going to have the size advantage versus whoever he's matched up against. Let's Mm -hmm. use that to our advantage to create a stop from the momentum Mm -hmm. of of the other team. I want to see more of that happen because I think that would make the offense a lot better. And I think Jalen Brown needs to be involved in more off-ball actions with Porzingis. Because yes. Porzingis with his spacing and Brown with his athleticism and his cutting, you should be seeing way more actions involved in those two because basketball-wise, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I will get Brown going super easy because now it's like, well, shoot. If Brown's cutting right here and we go cover Brown, now Porzingis has, has a wide-open three. Or Brown, he gets an easy dunk that gets his overall confidence going and now he's making better choices on ball like those are things that can make boston a lot better yeah i love it i love it um yeah that was the questions that's all i had uh jp no no no, those were really great questions and great analysis from y'all both man i I really do appreciate that and uh i would love to see more Jalen brown and pozingas combination i would love to see more drew holiday and pozingas combination you know it's still kind of early in the season though so we'll see what type of adjustments joe Missoula will make and all that that's if he makes any adjustments though We'll just have to wait and see. So, but Gifted, we appreciate you being on Celtic Rewind. Um, just thank you so much. Uh, tell the people where they can find you and what upcoming content that you have coming up. 
Absolutely. So you guys can find me on YouTube at Gifted Hoops, on Twitter at Gifted X Hoops, and also on Playback, uh, playback.tv slash Gifted Hoops. Uh, currently, right now, I'm in the process of mapping out a uh, creative overall vision for current events in the NBA, but dissecting it through film. Last year, we did a ton of film spaces. Now, I'm going to be bringing that with more regularity each week. Last week, we... Uh, went through why the Wolves are a serious team and we broke down the film of like all their games and why they've been so good from week to week to week. We aim to bring this back and specifically on playback. Playback is basically like a site where you can watch the game and actually like look at film and slow things down and go forward. So it's a, a bit easier than just having like five or six people on Twitter, like scrolling down trying to zoom in like now the the entire game field can be present for everyone's monitor so mm-hmm. we're doing that more and also i have a podcast which now i took some time i stepped back to really look at uh how i, I want to continue to go about that i'm going to now have a podcast where i'm talking about current events in the nba with uh people who represent other teams and sometimes just with my mind in terms of what i've been watching and how i'm viewing things so the podcast is called Gifted Hoops. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the video version is on my YouTube. So if y'all rock with that, go tap in Gifted Hoops on YouTube. And I appreciate y'all for having me on the episode today. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Tap in the gift of y'all. He's a brilliant mind. Been following him for like three years, man. We've been <laughs> we've been talking hoops. All right. He he's serious, you know. So get on the train now because once he's off, and then you see him. You know, on your television, don't say, don't say we didn't say something. You know, mm-hmm. so absolutely, definitely dope content creator. Now you got anything coming up? Yeah. So my what what we do, you know, Celtics rewind every week. <laughs> um, then I have uh, you know, three P podcast with my guy Jones and for sports. You know, that's on uh, Mondays at at seven p.m. Uh, that we record. You know, and we go live and everything like that. You know, we always have guests. You know. I'm always down to, you know, co-host with somebody or, you know, jump on somebody's podcast or whatever and support, you know, and, you know, I don't just watch Boston. I watch it all, <laughs> you know. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's what I got. Hey, y'all, y'all dope. Y'all making me, like, even better. So I, I, I definitely follow y'all, and y'all are so dope. So definitely shout out to y'all. Um, Y'all can find me on this with JP on my YouTube channel, creating some content and reaction videos, TikTok on, I think it's Justin Payton 57, or you can just say it's with JP. Just creating some content for y'all, you know, doing old school, new school NBA. And then you, you're going to catch me on something we want to do as well every single week though. So I'm definitely going to bring you all things Boston Celtics. This has been episode six of the Boston, uh, of the Celtics we want. I'm JP. She not the GM that's gifted. Y'all says a wonderful day. Peace. Peace.